Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sacktown FC podcast. My name is Luis Urbano, and I am joined by a couple of guests tonight. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan, my usual co-host. How are you, Jonathan? Good, Luis. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Enjoying this Friday night and excited for, you know, our first, you know, public open game tomorrow, too. Um, we also have Danny Troy, who you guys might remember from two episodes ago, who's actually founded Los Unicos. All right, Danny. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks. And as I mentioned last week, we were going to have a mystery guest. And as we were um, letting you guys know through social media, it was actually going to be a current player from the squad. And without further ado, the player who, in my opinion, has scored the best Sacramento Republic U.S. Open Cup goal, Vilyan Bichev. How are you, Vilyan? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing really good and excited to be on the podcast and talk to you guys today. Yeah, th- thank you for being on the podcast. You know, thank you for being the first player that we have on the podcast. And, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and, you know, answering all the questions that we have because we do have quite a bit questions here. So let's get started. So first question, you know, we know you came to the U.S. at an early age. You know, what attracted you to the sport of soccer? Um, I think so for me, I came from Bulgaria, um, a country that's soccer is the national sport it's what everybody does it's it's the main pastime everybody grows up playing soccer so moving from there um i think my parents as a sport knew that soccer is what they wanted me to do um and at a young age my brother uh, my brother sorry my father got me started into playing soccer at the elementary school i attended and I kind of just had a knack from it. Even from when I was five years old, I just moved really well and was able to dribble well, keep the ball kind of close to my foot. Um, And that's how I kind of got started into playing soccer. And because I had some like slight abilities that you can tell at a young age, uh, my father decided to push it more and kind of keep putting me into soccer teams when I was five and six years old. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's nice. So growing up in Fresno, you know, it's part of that, it's part of that central uh, California and Northern California hotbed of soccer, especially at the, at the time you were coming up. What was your favorite memory from your youth years? Um, favorite memory from my youth years was, it's for sure, just the friendships I made playing soccer in Fresno. Um, I think my best friends growing up were from my soccer teams. Um, I still stay in touch with them today. It's some of my closest relationships I've made have been with teammates through playing soccer. Um, and that's one of the big reasons I love the game so much. It, it brings out people's character, um, brings out their values, and you can really see who a person is when you when you play with them and spend a prolonged time practicing with them and traveling with them. Um, so I don't have like one specific memory, but just in general, the friendships I was able to build from a young age and the friends I was able to make and grow with together in the Central Valley is what kind of made Fresno so special for me. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Next question. In 2011, you had a chance to play at the University of Washington and decided instead to go to Liverpool. What was the reason for that choice? And what was it like to learn in their system for those three years or so? So the plan was always, especially growing up in America, the plan was always to commit to a college as that was kind of in my mind and talking with my family at the time committing to a university was always the backup plan in case professional soccer didn't work out I think I started 
going on trial to professional clubs in Europe when I was 16, 17 years old, I think like junior year of high school. And my whole goal growing up was to play soccer professionally. And because of where soccer was in the States, my goal at the time was to go overseas to Europe. I had the Bulgarian passport. So with going on trial, the main goal was to sign, but also sign somewhere and for a salary that would make it worth leaving the States and kind of giving up a college education in order to pursue soccer. And I didn't quite um, achieve that goal until I trialed with Liverpool, which was actually my last trial that I went on. Um, it was three weeks before we were supposed to report for preseason at the University of Washington. And I had a really good one-week trial there. They offered me a contract. And at the time, there was, it was a no-brainer to accept it because that was ultimately my goal. And that was the reason I was going on trials to Europe was to sign a professional contract. So um, it wasn't a tough decision to make. I knew that was what I wanted to do. Um, and I have no regrets that I chose that route over um, going to college. What it was like to learn in their system, it was invaluable. I think um, growing up in Fresno and coming from an area that I didn't have really access to a professional team growing up. Um, I played for our under 18 academy, development academy, and that was kind of the highest level. And then beyond that, there was Fresno Fuego, which even when I was 17 and 18, I was able to train with the Fresno Fuego, fortunately, and um, kind of push myself and grow in a different light, not only training with kids my own age. But there was no professional team to look up to or to learn from and grow from. So moving straight from an academy team and a high school life to Europe, um, the things I learned about professional soccer hit me hard and fast. Um, you have to be accountable for everything. I had to obviously get myself to and from trainings, had to take care of my own meals, um, had to take care of getting my own apartment, opening a bank account, dealing with you know taxes, paychecks, all that kind of stuff. And it was very exciting. And especially the first few months, um, I bounced around quite a bit because I didn't have a work permit to stay and work in England, um, which is why I'm sure we'll transition into this as the next question. I had to go on loan that first year. But Learning from their system, it was invaluable. I've grown to absolutely love Liverpool as a club, um, as a style of play, as a methodology, and just overall footballing culture that they have there. Um, and it's become a huge part of my life and who I am today. Yeah, definitely. Liverpool is, is I think, a, a really great team in, in England. You know, I mean, that's why they go by the slogan, you'll never walk alone. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, seeing the games there, like at their homepage, it's just, just amazing you know seeing how how passionate the people are there too so great club there yeah and Villiers has never been able to experience disappointment like a lot of Liverpool fans and and now they're <laughs> going to win the, the Premier League this year which has been throwing pillows up here hold, if they if they blow this lead now that'll be historic but I hope every <laughs> match the rest of the way it's official yeah I hope every match the rest of the way as a Manchester United supporter is a Gerard slip <laughs> and a giveaway that's all I can hope for. say until until it's official I'm not going to celebrate <laughs> anything <laughs> uh, you and uh, Wozniacki, the uh, tennis player. Caroline? Yeah, she's a huge Liverpool supporter. She was on uh, Men, Men, with Bla uh, Men in Blazers the other night. Oh, nice. Talking I think she's Liverpool. a great tennis player, too. I actually grew up watching her play. Uh, she just retired uh, this last year, I think. So it was interesting to hear her story of how she became a Liverpool fan. Oh, 
cool, cool, cool. I'll have to check that out. So um, we know, you know, Liverpool sent you out on loan to clubs in Germany and Norway where you made a total of 18 appearances. Was it difficult for you knowing that you could contribute to the squads? Um, it was like at the time, I didn't really know like what was going on. Yeah, they sent me on loan and I knew I couldn't get a work permit. And to me, I was thinking like, oh, it's just soccer. Like I just show up and play and train and all these kinds of things like I normally did. But I didn't realize like, the professional world is way different than high school or college or um, even academy soccer. So when I first went on loan to Germany that first year, I was still 18 years old, just graduated high school. And to move, you know, from Fresno, California to Dusseldorf, Germany, was just a huge kind of shock to my system. Um, again, I don't speak any German. I didn't know any people there. Um, so I was completely on my own. I had to figure out, you know, where am I going to live? What am I, how am I going to get to and from training? Um, what am I going to do, you know, with my free time? How am I going to, I had to just 100% learn to manage myself in the blink of an eye almost. Um, so that for me was the hard part. And then like playing soccer is just playing soccer. You can always do that, but all of the things that contribute to an on the field performance uh, have to align and they have to be there. And that's, I think the part I mainly struggled with um, nutrition's a huge part of it. Socioeconomic well-being is a huge part of it. Social life is a huge part of it. Um, I, you know, not knowing anyone there, not having friends. And I was coming from a place where I had, a ton of social interaction. I had a lot of really close friends. I lived close to my friends. Um, maybe even in, when I lived in Fresno, there wasn't even a day that went by where I didn't hang out with friends or spend time with my family. Um, and, you know, the first month is super exciting because you've signed a contract and I'm doing what I love and I'm moving away from home and flying to Europe. It's amazing. But then it settles in that, you know, homesickness is a real thing. You know, missing mm -hmm. your family is a real thing you definitely struggle with, you know, not being able to see my brother and hang out with him or really lean on my parents for support. Like I had, you know, my whole life, even though I hadn't noticed it. So I think that was the part I struggled with the most as far as helping the team and being able to contribute more while I was in Dusseldorf, I played every weekend with the, their second team. I trained every day with the first team. And then on the weekends I would play with their second team. Um, there's a story, there was a incident where I, there was one game, I played with the second team and I rolled my ankle really bad with my right ankle and it's, it swelled up a bit. And after the game, I went and talked to the physios. They saw it, we, I sit down and they wrapped it up and we had the next day off. And this is the first time I've been injured and then had a day off. Uh, at the time I was living in the hotel, which is attached to Dusseldorf Stadium. So it's not like, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't have anything to do. I, I'm pretty sure that day, the whole day, I probably stayed in my room and like watched TV shows on Netflix, um, aside from just probably going out to grab lunch and dinner. <clears throat> so I was just there the whole day. The next day we show up to training and my ankle is still super swollen because it was a pretty bad strain, uh, sprain. So I go in to see the physios in the morning and I'm talking to them. Hey, you know, it still hurts pretty bad. It's still really swollen. Um, I don't think I can train today type of thing. And they're like, okay, well, we need to like talk to the coach. And I talked to the coach and he brought me into his office like a few minutes later. He's like, hey, well, I mean, you, you didn't come in yesterday. 
Huh? We didn't know you were injured. If if you're injured, you don't get a day off. And I was just thinking, like, I had no idea. That was a it's a pretty basic concept to me now. Like, if you're injured, you should come in, get treatment. You know, right. you'll feel better. See, at the, the time, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think twice about it. And it's not like you know, I was off. You know, went on vacation or drove to the beach or something like that. I was literally in the team hotel um, attached to their stadium, which is right by where we were training. And then kind of like, in a sense, I got in trouble because I didn't go um, into get treatment or I, and no one told me that though. I, there was no way for me to know that um, without anyone telling me. And that was kind of what I referenced growing up in Fresno, not having a professional team, um, not being able to see how professionals do things and not really having anyone teach me or coach me through that. Um, I learned hard and fast, like how you're supposed to act as a professional. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So, I, you know, the, the next question I was going to ask is your biggest takeaway from that experience. Um, sounds like the experience was just learning how to do things in the, in the manner of being a professional. You know, you kind of catch things on the fly and, and you're learning. So that way you bring it with you. And it sounds like that was your experience. Among many, many other things. I think that was, yeah, that's a, that was a big one. Definitely. Also just, learning a different culture, how people are in Germany. I learned a little bit of German as well, um, but just their tendencies as far as how they act at restaurants, what type of people they are, their their cultural priorities and what they place values on as opposed to maybe an American people or Bulgarian people, which are, you know, where I've had the most um, experience. So also getting to experience another culture, I think is a huge part of it. Um, meeting other players from around the world also and just learning from older professionals who had been doing it at a much higher level for a lot longer and just being able to be around them and train with them and see their habits. I think that was also a huge um, learning experience for me as well. And then just on not soccer related, just on the life side, having to, you know, I find my own place to live in Germany, um, setting up my own bank account in Germany, all these kinds of things that, are kind of just part of everyday life, but you're having to do it in a foreign country. Right. Um, I think that was also really cool stuff to learn at a young age. So you returned to your root, you went back to your roots in about 2014 in Bulgaria and you played for what I would assume to be your, your home team at the time with Slavia Sofia. And then also with Cherno, what was it like to play there for you being back in, in the country of origin and, and being a part of that culture? It was exciting. Um, I was excited to go back there and play because I saw it as an opportunity to also see where my family comes from, you know, where my parents came from, where I was born. We left Bulgaria when I was five, so I don't have very memory, uh, very many memories at all about Bulgaria. So it was just really exciting for me to go back there and see kind of the, the cities my parents grew up in. Also, my I have some family that are still there and getting able, being able to spend time with them um, was also really cool because they're, for example, my grandpa, I don't get to see him much as he, they would visit us when we were younger. They'd come to California to visit us, but as they kind of got older and were no longer able to make the travel, um, it was really nice to be able to see my grandpa and spend time with him and just, you know, hear stories from him about my mom and about his life experience and just all the wisdom that he had to offer. So that part was really cool. Also getting to experience the soccer culture of another country, 
which in this case was my country, it was really cool just to see the style that they play there, how their first division league is and, you know, the ins and outs of soccer in the country. That also was very fun for me. Awesome. Before we ask the next question, I, I do want to let people, you guys know that um, we don't have a time limit on this, on this podcast anymore. I got the message from zoom. Yeah. So we definitely, yeah, that's pretty cool. We don't have to rush. Yeah. Next question though. Um, you didn't make the move back to the States and join the Timbers too, before coming to Sacramento Republic. Um, what has been your experience playing Sacramento for the last almost three years now oh it's been like a new home for me second home to fresno for sure it's the place i felt the most comfortable it's the place i've been able to make the best you know relationship friendships it's the place i've been able to uh, mesh the best with the community with the city itself with the fans um, the whole organization with the front office staff and the players themselves I think it's just, it's been the place I've been able to be most myself at as well on and off the field. Um, and just coming back to the States in itself was a really hard decision because the goal of players in the States is to make it overseas to Europe. And I had kind of achieved that goal, but I don't think I was ready at the time. I wasn't, um, how would I say, maybe mentally mature enough um at the time and so i had decided you know i want for my life i would rather have stronger relationships with people with my parents with my friends spend more time and create more memories with them than to grind it out in europe um which is why i think i decided to come back to the states and you know i'm happy i did because soccer here has grown tremendously and just to be a part of that i feel so privileged to be one in a league like the USL that's expanding like crazy second to be playing the sport that is the fastest growing in the U S currently um, just to be a part of that has been amazing for me as well. And still the ultimate goal is to get to MLS for me personally. And that's why I was so excited uh, for the city of Sacramento and for the club Sac Republic that they got announced as the uh, next MLS bid. So just being able to be here and be part of all this history, even now, whether I continue with the team or not in the future, just it's been so um, amazing for me. And I just feel so lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you're able to be in our MLS squad and, and you, you got our vote. So I hope yeah, that, that hey, that's, the <laughs> that's the dream. That's the dream. So, um, so at this point in your um, Sacramento Republic career, you're on your third manager. What has been the biggest difference that coach Briggs has brought to the side? I think every, every manager I've I've had here has had their their pros. Their pros have been really big. Obviously, everyone has pros and cons, and I think the managers I've had here, I'm lucky that they've all had major pros. Uh, the one thing I think Mark has done is he's instilled a confidence into us that I haven't seen before. I think players are playing a lot freer, a lot um not as worried about making mistakes we're just able to play to the best of our abilities and trust in mark that he's going to make the right decision in who gets to play 
And I think that's extremely difficult to do as a manager in, in any profession. Um, and the fact that he's kind of been able to do it so far in preseason, and we, we still have a long way to go, of course. This, the season hasn't even started yet. But the things we've been able to to do in the preseason so far, I think, have been great. And I think the players are responding really well. I feel we're also gelling really well as a team because guys aren't you know, afraid to express themselves on the field um, creatively and in the style of play. So I think that's that's a huge takeaway from the new manager. Yeah, I think for for supporter side, for fans, the one thing that we've noticed with Coach Briggs is his involvement and his engagement with with the fans on Twitter. I mean, we, there's been plenty of times where we've we've talked or we've been able to ask a question or get support from him. So that's been kind of cool as well on our side. And he's very open to talking to not just the media but uh, the fans as well. So that's been awesome. Yeah, and even some of your tweets that you know you've you've done right, Jonathan. Uh, the tweet that you tweeted out of the Wolves game, I think it was what yesterday yep. or two days ago, like a couple days ago. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that was a cool thing. He responds oh, yeah, to anything. Huge Wolves fan. Yeah, we've, I've I've been I've been going back and forth. I gave him a guess about them when they played Espanol winning two one and they lost three to two. He's like, I predicted that. I'm like, no, you watched the game and then you predicted it after. <laughs> yeah. So the back and forth was kind of good. Uh, he's, um, a, he's a fun guy. He has good banter and. He has nothing to hide. That's that's the beautiful part of it. I think he's he's very confident and comfortable in his style and in the way he manages and coaches us. That I don't, I don't think he's reserved or has anything to hide. So I think that's what leads to him being able to be so open and communicative with the fans and with the players as well. That's awesome. So growing up, obviously you were you were a soccer fan. What was your uh, what was the club or who was the club that you supported uh, growing up, and was there was there a reason why? So growing up, you'll love this. I supported Man United. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, and that was just mainly it started out because one of my closest friends, Matt, uh, he was a goalkeeper on my team growing up, and still one of my closest friends. He was a huge Man United supporter. Like watched all their games, had all the posters all over his rooms. And growing up, we always did like sleepovers. So if I'd hang out at his house, I always saw all the posters and everything. And then another thing that kind of further fueled my support for them was when Berbatov signed there. Um, obviously, him being a Bulgarian player, he was always a huge idol and a player I watched very closely growing up. So when he signed there, that kind of like further fueled that support for them and also, they were just really good at the time while I was growing up and watching soccer. They were one of the best teams. Ronaldo was there. They had a lot of coverage. Um, they were all over social media. If TVs showed games here, um, usually they showed the Man United game. So definitely big Man U supporter growing up. But once I moved to England and experienced Liverpool, it's just there's, there's no replacement for that. You know, you were my son's favorite up until this point. <laughs> now you're gonna have a conversation no tomorrow. Your I was gonna say those are fighting words. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> he doesn't support Manchester United anymore. He's gonna cry. He's gonna well, cry. They, uh, I mean, if Man United had signed me, I would still support them more. But Liverpool signed me, and just being in their academy and just the culture they instill in their players, it's it's unrelenting and can't be replaced with anything else. That's I, I wouldn't assume so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what has been your favorite goal so far in Sacramento Republic? I would have to say, f- 
Fresno FC, the one zero win at home. Was that? That must have been two years ago. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, we played Fresno FC at home and beat them one zero. And I cut in from left wing and hit a great shot with my right foot far post. And that was the only goal of the game, and we were able to beat Fresno one zero, which is nice, like a special result for me. Oh, nice! Yeah, and you know, it was always a a good rivalry against Fresno. So sadly, yeah. we we lost that always, rivalry now. But always tough games. Yeah. That was really hard to see. I was really disappointed when I was reading about that. Yeah, it's it's a shame that the the city didn't really support them more, and you know they couldn't find a new pitch. But yeah, especially because they were competitive, they were doing great too. So that that was kind of surprising to me too. I think they finished. Yeah, last season they finished second. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, so, they were up there last season. Yeah, yeah, I remember they had their. They, they lost the first game, I think, in the playoffs too. So, I think, like you guys mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Fresno is kind of a hotbed for soccer, especially when I was growing up there. So, kind of losing that level of soccer in the Central Valley, I think it hurt a lot. And like I mentioned, I didn't really have a professional team to look up to and learn from growing up. And when Fresno showed up, I noticed that a lot of kids did get that. And even going home for the off season, just talking to friends who, you know, train kids there or our coaches and schools there. A lot of the kids were like, Oh yeah, when I grow up, I want to play for Fresno FC. And that kind of became their, their goal. And to see the club leave the city is really sucked to see, but I, I trust that someone will come in and, and have a franchise in Fresno. It's just too big of a market to not have it team there yeah no, I definitely. hope so and I, I went there I went there last year um and they had a great turnout it was it was such a good atmosphere they were so welcoming it was a lot of fun so yeah definitely I really hope somebody comes in and, and does something in that city for sure yeah and it's right in the middle of California so it's it's a good location yeah and it was, it was a good spot for like away games and you know I'm actually from Modesto so like it was it was like almost a midpoint spot, so I can go to games there too. So I mean, it is a shame too. But um, now we have a team here uh, next year near me in Sherlock Academica. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, I haven't. No. Is it okay. a PBL team? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a new. I think they've been around for, I think for like three or four years. Might be wrong, but they've really like revamped their marketing and they started a little like supporters group. So they're doing some things there too, and. So it's it's cool. I mean, it's Central Valley, and we have a lot of good talent around here. So it's good yeah, that we I'm happy to hear that that's going on. Yeah. All right. So for this upcoming season, what's um, something that you're looking forward to? Uh, after last season, I'm just looking forward to staying healthy. Mm. I've definitely been, like, super focused on my body, my nutrition, my um, recovery things I'm doing at home, the way I prepare for trainings, the way I cool down after trainings, just become super obsessed with my body in the sense that I, my goal is to not be injured at all this season, no matter what. And of course, you know, if I get in a bad tackle or, you know, another player hits me, that can happen. But as far as things that are in my own control, um, muscular injuries, things like that, that I can do everything in my power to prevent them. Um, I think that's the main thing I'm looking forward to. Um, other than that, I'm looking forward to winning our second USL championship. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we're looking forward to that too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about time. At this point in your career, you know, you're, you're 
you've experienced the highs and the lows. Um, what would you say is your best moment of your career? You know, seeing that you won hardware with Cherno, was that the moment or was there something else that stands out? That was an amazing experience winning. We won the League Cup and then the following season we won the Super Cup. I would still, I mean, my favorite soccer memory in general is finishing the first half of the second friendly game I played in Liverpool. And I could only play half of the game. I had to get subbed out because I had a flight back to the States already booked for that day. So I had to rush over to the airport. Um, I had scored a hat trick in the first half. We were up 3-0. And then I had to leave, go change. On my way to the locker room, my agent walks up to me with Kenny Dalgleish. And he said, hey, my agent goes, you had a good training. Kenny wants to tell you something. And Kenny said, he has a very, very thick accent. But he's a very, very nice guy. And he told me, hey, we, you know, we want to sign you. We'd like to offer you a contract. Is that something you would want? And I just, at the time, being who I am, I was like, what a absolutely hypothetical question. Like, what? <laughs> would I want to sign? I just looked at him like, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so that's probably by far my, my happiest and best memory. I remember <clears throat> immediately following that conversation, going into the locker room and calling my dad at the time it was probably two o'clock maybe in England. So it had to have, Oh no, it was even earlier. It might've been like noon in England. Um, so it was just, I remember it was super early in California and I, I'm sure I woke my dad up and I was just like yelling you know they offered me a contract they offered me a contract he was so excited um, and just I'll never forget sharing that moment of just pure joy um, with my dad and being offered my first professional contract that's great I, I as a Celtic supporter uh, within my family you know Sir Kenny was was always magnificent so to get that offer from him especially I could I could see where that could be the best moment of anybody's career, or anybody's life, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just awesome. who he was as a player and everything he was able to achieve um, just meant it mean that much more. That's awesome. That is very cool. So when you're when you're not on the pitch, what are some things that you like to do on your free time? The thing I like to do, I'm I wouldn't say really big, but I really enjoy. I watch a lot of anime. Oh, me too. <laughs> like, really, yeah, I watched like all the main ones growing up. I watched like Naruto, One Piece, you know, just the really main ones. And then as I kind of got older and more into it, I started watching a bunch of different ones. Um, so I watch a lot of anime. Absolutely just love the Japanese culture, the language. Um, so I like that a lot. I also, I watch other sports. So I watch NFL. I watch basketball. Um, huge basketball fan. Uh, I have my girlfriend, which you guys have girlfriends or wives. That takes a ton of time <laughs> and effort. Yeah. So um, I've I'm knocking on wood right now. You probably can't hear. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, uh, Are you still looking, Danny? What's up? <laughs> yeah, you, I'm available. That's for sure. Well, no, single, on, girl, single and ready to mingle. Single, ready to mingle. Host on a podcast. Come on, he's just adding to the resume. That's right. <laughs> um, and he has a bulldog. Oh, sweet. That's, that's a big plus right there. That's, a, that, that's my magnet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love dogs too. So that's, that's really, really cool. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to have my girlfriend be able to live with me. So um, I get to spend a ton of time with her 
as well when I'm not, you know, focused on soccer or thinking or training and things like that. I like board games. I like reading. I'm super mellow, chill. I play a lot of video games. Um, what kind of video games? Right now I play a lot of Apex. In general, growing up, I played like every Call of Duty. Every year it came out, I got the new Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, I've played Pokemon Go since it came out. Mm-hmm. And then I just take sabbaticals like six months at a time. I'll just stop playing and then I'll go hard, <laughs> hardcore for like three months. And, a bunch Same of here, yeah. and, stuff. <laughs> and then I kind of like lose interest again and I'll stop playing. But I do that That's how lot. I get with FIFA. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll grind out FIFA a month and, at a time and then. Yep. You don't play FIFA? Or? Um, no, I'll play when I go home. I'll play with all my friends for fun. But when I'm here by myself, I don't. I don't really play a lot of FIFA. I like more shooting games. Mm-hmm. Maybe in, maybe in two years, right? If uh, you happen to be in the MLS team, maybe more. <laughs> then I'll play a lot of FIFA. It'll be yeah, cool, yeah. right? <laughs> Definitely, yes. I mean, your own player, yeah. It's like well, yeah, play the as myself. Right yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. I actually, I think it was. In 2014, I was on Liverpool's unupdated team in FIFA. Oh, um, I gotta go back digging through the. I will buy it. Verify. So, oh, I have it. I have it. I'm verifying tonight. Check it. Check it. Yeah. So I had like a lot of friends played as me uh, as well, and would like send me pictures and stuff, and that's how I found out. But that was a transfer from Manchester United. The transfer. You gotta like upgrade me if that's an option because I think I was like a 53 maybe or. I don't even fifty-seven, something like that. All right, we, oh, yeah, can, we yeah. can we can make that happen. Yeah, you, yeah. you can edit players. Yeah, you can, can make that too. I, I know another player that you know, current player in our squad, um, Cameron. He was in the game when he was over with Sporting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I haven't. Didn't, I haven't didn't, played they, him, didn't they add the USL on, in the last FIFA? No, I wish. No. <laughs> There, wasn't there a game like 2K or something that had USL in it? I could have, I could have sworn they had one. Maybe Pro Evolution Soccer. Someone did like a patch where they added the league and the teams. I feel the league is like changing so much, and the players are changing so much. It'd be really hard to add the USL right now. I mean, I yeah, wish they would. I really wish they would. Yeah, that would be nice. So, you know, as you know, you know, Sacramento is known for its supporters groups like uh, Tower Bridge Battalion, which I'm actually a part of. And, you know, now the addition of Los Unicos, which Danny here actually founded. Um, what is it like to walk onto the pitch and hear the fans and chants coming from them? Like, tell me all the feelings if you can, you know, like, what does it do to the team for those 90 minutes? Oh, man. I mean, joy, pride, um, excitement energy motivation if for for any person if you're doing your job and you have fans like you have people cheering you on urging you to do your best at all times i think it's just an unbelievable addition to the hard work you're already willing to put in Um, i think all of us i think i can speak for all the teammates we all play soccer and are motivated for our own reasons and we'll, we want to give 100% at all times, no matter what. And then to add the fans chanting and cheering the whole game, um, kind of supporting you, pushing you on, wanting the best from you, even just that desire that the fans have for us to win games um, a lot of times helps you know, push you over the edge or helps you give that you know, extra 10% that you didn't really know you had 
So to have that, it's to put it into words is really hard, but how much it means to the players, it's, it's invaluable because we'd all play soccer. Even if there was no one there, we'd love, we love the Mm -hmm. sport. And even growing up as a kid, that's what you would do. We didn't have fans, you know, the parents would show up, but we just loved to play the sport. So adding the fans on top of all that is just that extra special thing. And then, like I mentioned earlier, part of why I like Sacramento so much is the relationships I've been able to build with the fans. So now to me, it's not just fans as in strangers. It's more fans as in friends and people I've actually spent time with and gotten to know a lot better. People who I've let them get to know the real villain, not just as a player, but me as a person, me, my character, my values, you know, my likes and dislikes. I've kind of let them in a little bit and you build those relationships. And then when people like that are out there cheering for you, it's just even more reason, you know, I have my family, my friends and all these people I've built relationships with urging me to give my best and try my hardest at all times. And just the desire to not let them down, not let myself down, not let the team down, just keeps adding up and multiplying and helps me to play better and give a lot more of kind of myself and a lot more energy and just work a lot harder. That's awesome. Like we know we'll always be there supporting you guys too. And this season we're actually going to be louder thanks to Danny and Los Unicos. So yeah. And that's going to make a huge difference for us. I think it's just going to help the players work a lot harder. It's going to be a lot more intimidating of a place to come play for other teams. Um, When it's just that loud and you know, all these people are kind of in one form or another, these people are against them because they're supporting us. Um, And I know coach Mark mentioned to us early on that, he wants our Papa Murphy's Park to be um, kind of like a fortress. We want people to be scared to come play us here. We want people to think like, oh, dang, we got to go to SAC this weekend. Dang, that's going to be a really rough game. Um, And I think a huge contribution to that fortress is just the noise and the support that the fans give us. Yeah, so it's it's going to be great. So, and also, uh, Danny is actually a, a huge drummer too, and he has a lot of experience with that. So, yeah, it's great we got an experienced drummer and everyone. Pressures pressures on now. He, I, I better hear you. <laughs> this guy's calling me out. Man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's saying you're a good drummer now. I'm going to be listening. First game. Oh, you'll hear me. Where's those drums? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's interesting is that you said that because when we had Danny on the first time, we were talking about how. I was watching a Greek football game and they had the fans with flares. And when I say football, I'm saying soccer. Um, yeah. But they had the flares, like it made it look at like the same was on fire. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I am on the opposing team on the, on the guests, I am not wanting to be here because these fans are rabid. And if I'm for, if I'm on the home team, I'm juiced. Like I see the stadium, I see the noise, I see the flares and the fire. Like you can't replicate that. Can you? Oh, no, it's abs- it's so intimidating. I got to experience that in Bulgaria. We went to play an away game, Levski-Sofia. Mm. And we had to pause the game at one point because of all the smoke that was on the field. So the ref just said, you know, we're going to wait for the smoke to clear. I think maybe nice. they had scored a goal and um, they started to light their flares and the whole stadium was just covered in smoke. The whole field was covered in smoke. It smelled like just flares. Um and it's just super intimidating to be an away fan and to experience that. Um, so definitely like add something to the game and to the atmosphere. 
So we're going to get into some questions from social media. Um, Craig from Twitter asks, what is your favorite restaurant or food spot in the area? Favorite restaurant in the area? I have to give a shout out to Taro and say Mikuni. Um, I love, like I mentioned, I love the Japanese culture. So I love Japanese food. Even living in Bulgaria, it's right by the Mediterranean Sea, right on the Black Sea. Uh, a ton of sushi there. I ate a lot of sushi. Then moving back here, I still really like the, the food. So um, I think Mikuni is probably my favorite restaurant to go to. What's your favorite sushi yeah. roll? Favorite sushi rolls. The DMC roll is really, really good. Um, I keep it simple and just get the rainbow roll. It mm. tastes so fresh to me that, you know, I don't need to overcomplicate it. Nice. Uh, Michael from Facebook, um, his question is, if you hadn't gone pro, did you have a backup plan for in your life? So I think if I hadn't gone pro and couldn't pursue soccer as a career path, I think I would have gone to school and probably tried to become a lawyer. Um, I think my, my girlfriend can attest to this. I love to argue. <laughs> um, I love to debate things. I love to kind of give my point of view and uh, convince people why my point of view is right. Also, uh, my dad's a lawyer. So um, I think if it hadn't been soccer, I think I would have pursued a career in law. So when you didn't come home on time, did he question you on why to find out the truth? <laughs> Interrogation. Uh, I don't really remember. I, I was a fairly good kid in terms of I kind of stayed out of trouble. If I was going to be late, I'd let my parents know ahead of time. I don't remember nice. kind of like getting caught. I still, I mean, I went to a lot of parties in high school and stuff, mainly right. like senior year as I was older and could drive, but. You know. never, you never had to get lawyered by your dad. No, I didn't have to get lawyered. I get lawyered <laughs> after high school a lot more. Nice. <laughs> I get lawyered now a lot more because, you know, it's more like real life, and he just likes to kind of give advice in in his own way. That's cool. So Scott from Facebook asks, um, "What is your favorite thing about Sacramento compared to the other places you played?" Uh, favorite thing about Sacramento compared to other places is the interpersonal relationships I built here for sure. Just like the, it's the people. And I, I learned that at a young age that it's the people, not where you are because obviously growing up in Fresno, air quality isn't great. I had mm -hmm. allergies. The heat is unbearable in the summer. <laughs> so playing soccer as a kid, not, thinking back now, some days it was like 105, 110 degrees. Oh, yeah. It gets to like 85, 90 in sack. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. How, <laughs> I can't even imagine how we played in 105 degree, 110 degree weather growing up. Uh, yet I have such fond memories of those times. And so I learned to kind of at a young age, it's, it's the people, it's not where you are. So that's the big difference for me about Sacramento is just the people here and the way I've been able to gel with the city and with the community has made it so much more special for me. Yeah, I can agree. It is really hot too. Even here in Modesto where I'm at, like can get to be like that too. But yeah, Sacramento yeah. usually has better weather than anywhere over here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool in Sac, but just the people. That's what makes Sac more special for me. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Nice. 
Um, Sharon from Facebook asks, what's something people would be surprised to learn about you? That's always a good question. That's Sharon Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. Big surprise, Sharon. <laughs> Big surprise. Always with the tough questions. Um, something people would be surprised to learn about me. Usually I, I use the anime thing for that. Because um, I don't really post a lot about anime, so people are usually surprised to find out that I that I watch a lot of anime. Well, even if guys don't admit it, most of them watch anime. <laughs> yeah, true. It's, yeah. As a teacher, I still, I still don't understand it. Even as a teacher and all my kids talking about it, I don't understand it. At all, yeah. It's, there's not, just something about so. like being a hero and overcoming challenges and stuff. That's just really cool. Are you okay. the type of anime fan that has to watch it in Japanese? Yes, 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 yes. The English voices for an anime, just, it, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. It has to be in Japanese. I, know, I have to see subtitles. And. I know it's kind of mainstream, but I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super fan. Yeah. And I cannot stand watching it in Japanese. <laughs> That's because I tried. <laughs> you started in English. So I, I'm the same way with DBZ. So I've seen all of Dragon Ball Z. I've seen Dragon Ball Super. And Goku's voice in Japanese is just way too foreign for me because as a kid, I grew up watching it on like Toonami or, or you know, Cartoon Network, with, whatever with it was a on. Robot, the with a robot. Oh, yeah. yeah, robot. yeah. <laughs> and I grew up watching it in English, so I got used to their voices. And then hearing his like Japanese voice was just like, nah, that's not Goku. No way. way too high pitched. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I guess DBZ would be one I, I wouldn't watch in Japanese. Do you also read uh, the manga as well for like any anime? So for Naruto, I did, um, but just, I like a lot of animes that have fights. So a lot of action resolution. Um, there's a lot of animes that are just about, you know, sports or school and things like that. I, I'm not as into those. So just to be able to watch the fights, it's so much more fun for me than reading them on paper. It's just like a lot less action if I'm just reading about a fight. Um, the pictures don't do the fights justice. And the second part to Sharon's question, I think you already answered it with the interpersonal relationships, but if Sacramento isn't your hometown, what has helped you, what has helped make you feel welcome here? Just the kindness of the people, their acceptance, their, you know, people offering to take me out to dinner, people, you know, listening to my story and sharing their story in return. Um, how welcome everyone's made me feel. Sharon's a great example you know, opening up her home, um, you know, having meals with us, just the fans in general staying late after games just to get an autograph or a picture or just even just to say hi. Um, little things like that have made it a lot more special. And then the fact that it is, you know, a two and a half hour drive from my hometown. So I can always, if I need to go home and see my family and my friends, uh, that helps a lot as well. So, um, last question from, from our fans on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Paul asks from Facebook, how does it feel to, ha to have a fan base that is growing outside beyond Sacramento? So if you're not familiar, uh, Danny can kind of give you some background, but Danny was a, was a supporter uh, for the Reno Club. And after the last playoff game, actually um, felt, felt a lot of uh, – of, got the feels from the Sacramento crowd and now is a supporter of a uh, Sac Republic. Yeah. I've heard a little bit of the, the tension with the, the Reno fans that was going on. And then we also had an unbelievable turnout of fans for the playoff game in Reno. 
Um, so I have heard a little bit about it, and I think that's just a testament to to Danny's love of the game. I mean, if you're going to do what you do, you want to be around people who do it at the highest level or, you know, with the most passion or in in any form, in any business, in any job you want to do or hobby you want to have. So if you want to be a supporter of a soccer team and you see how the fans in Sacramento are doing it and they, they're doing it right, they watch, you know, supporter groups from all over the world and think like, what can we learn from this group? What can we learn from this group? And they kind of put it all together to create the best possible atmosphere for us here in Sacramento, in California, you know, in the United States. Um, I think that's just really cool that he's decided to become a part of that. Um, now we have an amazing drummer from what I hear. So I'm looking forward to hear it. <laughs> hey, hey, there's, there's like six amazing drummers coming over there. So I'm not the only one. I don't want them thinking that I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> hey, now I'm going to tell everyone, Hey, was a, the best drummer at Danny. I heard, uh, he said he was the best. Hey, whoever wants the battle, I'm all for it. <laughs> a little drum line. Ooh. Drum line action. Ooh. That's right. That's right. We can make that happen. Uh, no, <laughs> that should be a contest. That'd be, uh, yeah. You should, guys should do that. Do like a drumming contest so, for the supporters. So, but then how, did, but how does that, as a, as a player and as a, as a representative of the club, how does it make you feel knowing that your influence, your team's influence and in play has started to be recognized by fans outside of the region and drawn them into our community. I think even before we talk about the players themselves, that's just a testament to the front office and the fans. I think the front office, the marketing, the ticket sales, you know, corporate sponsors, all the way up to our president, our ownership group, everything they've been able to do for the brand itself, even before we put the players out on the field. I think that's just an amazing thing that they're doing. Then to move down into the, you know, GM and coaching staff and the players and the product that they're able to put out on the field, the way that that flows from top to bottom, I think that's what's so attractive about the club Sacramento Republic FC. It's just the way everything flows, the mm -hmm. collective efforts of everyone coming together and if if each section does their job really well which they do here that's what the whole club coming together um is all about so i think just the fact that all those pieces click we have an amazing supporter group who kind of helped put us on the map i think that first year we were having like 20 to 20 you know 20 plus thousand fans in the stadium which for the usl was just unreal and that's what helped the club gain so much ground and gain so much um, exposure then obviously winning the championship that first year helped propel SAC to become you know the franchise that they are today so just a big thank you to all of those people that's what makes it special for us as players to realize that you know it's not just us it's not just one person or just 11 guys on the field it's you know everyone who works for the club and all of the supporters who support it the answer was a great answer. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. No, thank you. And we really, really appreciate you taking the time to to speak to us. You know, and like they said, I am a new supporter. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna start supporting. Well, I'm already supporting Sacramento, but I'm gonna officially start going to the games and and supporting them on the on the field and everything like that. Uh, starting this year, and I completely agree with you. I of course had issues with 
Sacramento fans in the past because we were rivals, but I came to learn when the time came, when it came down to it, um, it was like I told them before, it was a sense of brotherhood when they, when we needed support and we needed, we needed people to have our backs. They were the first ones to, even though we had issues in the past to jump up and help us and support us and, and show us love. So I completely agree with you. And I, that's the same reason why I pledged my loyalty to Sacramento in the stands. That's just amazing to hear. And I love to hear that. And I mean, they're all just genuinely good people. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, despite the differences in the past uh, that our fans kind of reached out and helped out and mm-hmm. did the things that they did for you. Absolutely. I want to go back to, to the picture on Twitter the other day, Villian, with who still owns Copas? Deco Canaan, man. Man. Guy's a, I saw that. I, the guy's a legend. He gets them I sent it was, from, from somewhere. Like, I don't think – you can't even buy those anymore. He has, he has some crazy connections. Probably some kind of that. mafia connections. I don't know. <laughs> just, every, every season he keeps getting them. I don't remember even last year asking him, like, how do you still get this? Really? It's crazy. And then this year again he gets them. It's like, um, but I think in yeah. Europe a lot of coaches and um, staff wear those boots. So. I thought it was calling. They, they still make and, them. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was calling. Yeah, it could have. It's just another coach. It's Deckel. He's a, he's a player coach. Yeah. <laughs> you can tease him and tell him I said that. Oh, we'll have to. He'll, yeah. he'll hear, he'll, he won't hear the end of it tomorrow if I see him wearing those boots. Uh, he will. Yeah, that's his, he will. Yeah. That's that's his, his game go-to. boots. Yeah, he just got a new pair. Those, the ones really? in the picture were probably the new pair that he was breaking in, yeah. Oh, man. They just arrived in the box. I was like, there's no way they still make these. <laughs> yeah, really. When you're, a, when you're a big-time legend like Deckel, you can get any boots you want. <laughs> he probably has the, pe- the creators in his house making them for him. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, J- J- Jonathan's gonna be like just looking at his shoes the whole game, trying to see if he's wearing them. <laughs> Are they, yeah, Actually, you know? I want another pair of the. I don't know if you guys remember these. Back in two thousand four, they had the Predators, the White Predators, for David Beckham for the Champions League. Oh yeah, I, I still have my pair, but I want another pair that I could trash. Oh. <laughs> I really, yeah, I and like I the. <laughs> What are they called? They're discontinued now. Neymar wore them. Um, were they just a Neymar boot that were like the uh, jungle print? No, 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 no. Those uh, hypervenoms. Oh, yeah. So the hypervenoms, but like the first generation ones, uh, the first generation with the sock that Ooh. came out, those were super, super comfortable for me. I still have a pair, but the, they're so worn down, I can't even wear them anymore. But... I'm the same way. I wish I could find another pair of those. And I've looked on like eBay and stuff and it's just, I can't find them. It was too long ago. Yeah. My favorite ones would be like the Total 90. You remember the Total 90? Yeah. That's right. The Total 90, the like Edgar Dobbins edition? <laughs> Which one was that? The ones that were like the Edgar Dobbins, they had the orange on them, the black and orange. Yeah, with the 90 and the circle. Yeah. Man, those are classic right there. <laughs> Those were so cool. I remember when those first came out and they had the, like, the design and the two different colors on them. Everyone loved those. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, well, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us this evening. Uh, we know you have a match tomorrow, so we don't want to take up any more of your time. But we also want to make sure that if, to uh, hey, thank you, and we really appreciate it. 
Oh, no, thank you guys. It was really awesome to hang out and talk to you guys tonight and kind of just share my story and what I've been through. And I really appreciate you guys asking me to be on the podcast. Yeah. Th- thank you for, you know, awesome. accepting our invitation and, you know, good luck this season and, you know, score a lot of goals and maybe dedicate one here to the podcast. That'd be, be pretty cool. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I'll definitely. We're going to give you some stickers for your car. That's right. Thank you. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. You guys oh, just yeah. got some stickers. Yeah. Are you guys going to the game tomorrow? Yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be there. Okay, perfect. I'll see you guys after the game tomorrow then. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm trying to try to convince my wife to let, let the five year old come, but uh, I don't know if she's gonna buy that quite yet. <laughs> oh, he should. I've seen younger kids out there. Give him give him um, earmuffs if he needs them. But he's been he's been well. The earmuffs aren't a problem, but he's been he's been under the weather the last few days. So she's like, well, uh, if you want him to be able to do this, <laughs> and football starts in a couple weeks. Like, all right, well, listen, no health health first, health first. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a priority. And we wish you the best of luck tomorrow and and next Saturday as well for the home opener. Have a great evening. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to seeing you guys out there. You guys have a good evening as well. You too. Thank you. You too. Good luck tomorrow, man. Thank you guys. And we'll be back in just a minute because we have a special message from our guest today. You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. And we're back. Hey, once again, thank you to Billion Bijep for being with us today. And thank you for um, recording that as well, Billion. That's really amazing. And thank you for, for giving us that shout out there. So, Jonathan, um, I know Danny left us as our team Cruzul is playing and we're actually winning right now. So great for us. Um, but, you know, let's talk about, you know, team news this week. This week, you know, as we all know, we had the Oakland Roots friendly where we won 2-1 and just 90 minutes. It wasn't a longer game. It was just 90 minutes. Um, what are your takes on that game? So um, playing 90 minutes is good. And looking at the team sheet, it looks like there were a lot of our, our first team guys were rested for this one. And I'm actually okay with that for two reasons. One, uh, they just played 90 minutes the day before. And also with Open Cup um, against Oakland here in the next few weeks, um, I don't think Coach wanted to give them any insight into mannerisms and the way the first team plays together just because we're playing them in the Open Cup. So a lot of trialists um, in our academy players got some got some run in this game, which is good. Yeah, like we, in fact, one of those trialists, uh, Adam Milkelson, he scored in the 27th minute. Um, so that that's great. You know, I mean, I can only imagine as a trialist scoring a goal is is really something else. You know, like it really it really motivates you. Yeah, um, any any time you score, whether it's in a friendly or or closed door match or just a regular pickup game, you you get a little uh, pep to your step. And so having that goal under his belt in the 27th minute, I mean, we only have two forwards on the roster right now with a uh, with. Cameron and uh, Belmart so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nicholson I think that goal in the 27th minute of that friendly last Saturday really uh, came to notice for coach uh, Briggs and the rest of the front off uh, rest of the staff yeah and the other goal was scored by Belmar he converted a penalty kick to you know seal the win for us and it's great to see him score it's great to you know get him that confidence that he'll need for the whole season so hey great to see him score a goal and Hope it's the first of a lot this season. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, some takeaways uh, from uh, Mark Briggs. He said preseason is about implementing his philosophy and his style. 
and the things I want and ask of each individual. And it takes time. It's a process, but we're building step by step. And slowly you can see those pieces coming together. I, I like that he's implementing a lot of the, the academy guys uh, in these friendlies and giving trialists a good run. And we're seeing results from the academy players and the trialists, uh, especially with Adam Nicholson uh, from just down the road at Davis. It's good to see him score. And I hope tomorrow or today uh, we see the first team, we see some some action. Yeah, hopefully it gives them an opportunity again too. I mean, it's like you said, it's about them, you know, getting that confidence. And hey, it's it's cool to see him doing that too. And, you know, it all goes back to him being involved in the academy before in previous years. So, I mean, he, he knows what's there and, you know, he, he believes in the academy, which is great. Yeah, he believes in our team. Um, you know, Villian said it best when he was talking uh, about his philosophy. He's really pushing the guys to be better. I think that's a testament to the coach, but it's also showing his commitment to this team and the players showing commitment to him as a coach, which is, you know, sometimes you don't always get that um, that commitment right away. It takes time, but he's definitely earned the respect and given the respect to the to the boys uh, on the first team side. Yeah. And I mean, all of his, I mean, we've been, well, I think for the past three, four podcasts, we've just, we've been mentioning a lot of his quotes and they're really inspiring. I mean, to us, just, you know, as fans, we, we get, you know, pumped up, we get inspired to already, you know, be there at tomorrow's game. And so I can only imagine, you know, the players are even more inspired just as we heard earlier from Billion too. So that's, that's awesome. And I'm really glad, you know, we have him as our coach and, you know, looking forward to the season two and, you know, the many more amazing quotes that, that he'll bring to us too. <laughs> yeah. So it will be, it will be interesting to see tomorrow's lineup. I'm excited to get the chance to get out to the park and, and see what's going on. And I want to send a shout out to Kevin Burdick and Will Strom. Uh, Kevin, who's in charge of the community investment program and Will, who's um, in the media and communication department. They've actually done a real nice job of giving us some insight and helping us as a podcast get started. and getting us involved in the community. So I want to take a time um, this evening to thank those two individuals for their help and support um, as well as Villian for coming on and, and having a conversation with us this evening. Yeah. Thank you guys. It, it's, it means a lot to us here. So, you know, preseason, we got it. We, we got a match today. Yeah. Um, Real Monarchs, the defending champions are, are coming in last year, uh, made it all the way to the final winning um the usl championship by beating not a not a bad side in louisville city fc uh 3-1 yeah yeah that team is is really good too i remember last season it was actually one of our last game regular season games that we played against them i think it was the game before the last if i'm not mistaken and it was our last game and we got we got we got drummed by them oh oh yeah that's true it was the last game yeah before the mid mid midweek uh little like playoff or pre-playoff game yeah that team was I mean just seeing them in that game I was like this team is going to be something else in the playoffs and look you know they made it to be champions so I mean it's great it's a great test honestly I think uh, being you know the last friendly that we have here in the preseason it's it's going to be a great test for the uh, lads <laughs> the lads um it's going to be a great test you know for the the <laughs> team in general I'm getting this uh, English vibe now <laughs> um but it's it's going to be, you know, a great test for them. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, you know, what formation he's going to be playing with because 
whatever formation we see tomorrow, you know, could end up being the formation that we see on the seventh. So, well, so yeah, with Real, I mean, we played them in this, the first game of the year. We we drew one one, um, and then of course the end of the year didn't go so well our way. But they also started the year off in a four one four one formation. Uh, it was interesting to to see the formation in itself as I watched video. Um, they dropped a lot. Their midfielders would drop back. Their you know they used the the wide defenders to play more of a wing back position. So they were able to be a little different. Plus, they had two different coaches last year. We'll get more into that in a minute. But um, we will also the game is being streamed live on YouTube. So we will make sure tomorrow. Uh, we will post that link on our Twitter account to make sure everybody has access who can't make it out to the park. So we'll get that on YouTube. Yeah, that, that's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, you know, it's being streamed on YouTube because, you know, as we all know, regular season games are typically streamed on ESPN Plus and local channels. So it's great that they're making it available on YouTube. And so everyone will be able to get, you know, a good view of, of our team for the season too. So shout out to the team for making that happen. Yeah, and for Coach Briggs, this is a this is a um, this is a familiarity with him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he coached him back in 2018 um, and led him to the playoffs with similar squad to to the 2019 champs. And they he was replaced by Jameson Olave, who took the helm after Briggs was let go, and then Olave was actually let go and replaced by Martin Vasquez, who started the year off as the manager of the Monarchs. And then in July, he was, Vasquez was, was removed and Olave took over again and eventually won the championship with that squad. It's an interesting story. It's like they wow. wanted to get rid of him. They found somebody else. Uh, it's just like a bad date, right? Like you have somebody <laughs> else in mind that you want to bring, so you bring him, but it wasn't good enough. So you go back to your ex. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually surprised too. Like um, Martin Vasquez, like he... I mean, he was Klinsman's second, you know, his assistant, and yep. he had a lot of experience. I mean, I think at one point, I might be mistaken, I think he coached uh, Chivas USA, right? I believe that is the case, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I was kind of surprised. You know, I thought he was going to, like, be their head coach for that whole season, and then he got let go, and I was like, wow, <laughs> he got let go. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and their captain returns, Jake Blake, turns back into the – middle of the pitch for them um you know this everything runs through him and so it'll be interesting to see how they come out tomorrow if, if blake or today if blake gets some run um in that midfield to get his legs going but i think that was their biggest acquisition over the over the winter was making sure they brought him back uh another thing too that i thought it's kind of funny too you know but they actually lost in the wasatch cup so Louisville 3-1 a week or so ago. And that's actually, you know, the same team they played in the final and same result, but now opposite end. So I thought that was kind of funny too. You know, it was almost like a little, like, avenging going on there too. <laughs> yeah, and they put out a, they from from what I've been able to gather, they put out a pretty strong side in order. I mean, that's their tournament. Um, that's their, their cut that they put on for the winter. And so for Louisville to go in there and, flip the tide you could say and and give the result back was interesting that they you know that monarchs had this team that they put out there expecting to win um i mean you never come out expecting to lose but to get you know handled like that 3-1 um was interesting 
Yeah, it was interesting too. And they, they got their revenge, I guess. Or, I mean, not as, of course, not a cup, not a USL cup, but pretty interesting to see that um, change, you know, in just, you know, a matter of like a month or two. Yep. So one of their notable players is uh, 21-year-old Devin Vega. He actually played for Phoenix during the 2018 season. Um, he's actually also an attacking midfielder, and he earned a call up from the Puerto Rico men's national team this past November. So, got yeah, a good player great, there. Great first touch. Um, he can go at you 1v1. He is a good combination player, too, with a forward. If you have a forward who has their back turned to goal, does a really good job of playing off of them. And can even, if once he gets wide, has some excellent opportunities to make some great crosses and, and can put the ball where it needs to go. So it'll be interesting to see what, what role he plays uh, for them this season. Uh, but they should be excited. I think they got a, a young talent uh, who has an opportunity to, you know, apply his trade in USL and, and potentially get a call up to Real Salt Lake uh, either this season or next. Yeah, that's really cool too. And I mean, he's he's gotten a call up to the national team there for Puerto Rico too. So, I mean, not just anybody gets called to any national team too. And, you know, we, we had a player in uh, Jeremy Hall who was also called up to the Puerto Rico national team. And we know he was a really great player too. So, hey, that's it's someone that we definitely need to keep an eye out because he's going to be dangerous up front. Yeah, another new face they got. They brought, a, they brought in a goalkeeper from the University of Hartford named Jimmy Slayton. And he set the school record for single-season shutouts and was selected to the American East All-Conference second team in 2019. So I don't know where their depth, where he is on their depth chart, but if he's coming in, um, he's got some good experience. He's got some good numbers in college. It would be interesting to see how he trans, how that translates to a pro game for him, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see that too. And I mean, he has that experience already too. So if you know that's the kind of goalkeeper he is, then I mean, it'll be even more of a challenge for us tomorrow. So hey, even better. And you get give us one of the best goalkeepers in the that university and in the university, you know, season. And it's a great test rest. So looking forward to that. Yeah, a shot stopper of any kind who can put up that kind of number, especially setting school records. Those aren't hard. To, those are not easy to uh, break. Uh, good for him. And hopefully he can, he can get on with a, with a squad, if not Monarchs, but um, anybody would be nice to see uh, that notoriety get, uh, get shown. Yeah, definitely. So last season, you know, we, they actually had a pretty much like a, almost like a record setting season too. They scored 71 goals during the league play and they actually tied for the sixth most goals scored during a single season. I mean, never easy to tie, you know, like a record. I know it wasn't like the most goals scored in a single season, but we're talking about the sixth most goals scored, which not easy. And if we look at 71 goals divided by the number of um, matches that, you know, we have in a given season. That's probably averaging close to like two goals per game, which is not too bad, especially looking at a full season of like 30 plus games. No, it's not. But you also have to look at the number of goals they gave up in 53. So in order for them to win, they had to score goals because they were giving up goals um, just as quick as they were scoring them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it takes a lot to to have to put up with those things too. So, yeah, I mean, they, they had a good season. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I know they, they ended up in fourth place, but I think throughout the season, they were actually up in like the first couple of spots. So 
it, it'll be interesting, you know, to see, you know, how they do this season, because I think if we look at most of the USL teams, like year over year, some teams, you know, have an excellent year one year, and then the next year, like, they're actually pretty down. So we'll see, you know, if they, they keep that consistency going. Um, I know one of those teams is like Phoenix. They tend to, you know, always be at the top and, you know, they, they've, you know, been up there. So again, you know, it, it'll be interesting to to see, you know, how, how they do this season and, you know, how we're able to to play against them and hey, different squad and on our side. So let's see. But in comparison, yeah, in comparison to our squad last year, okay, they scored 21 more goals, but they also gave up 10 more. Um, and the goal differential for them was plus 18. But if you're giving up 50, 53 goals, uh, you have to score goals in order to have that record and, and to take on 56 points. Yeah, it definitely puts you in, in that, you know, pressure zone where you have to make sure that, you know, you give it your all and you score more than the other team. And and I think that, that says a lot on their part too. And that's something we should probably, you know, watch out for because, you know, in the event that we start, uh, you know, winning the game, we have to make sure that, you know, we're, we're watching out back because, you know, these guys are experienced and that, you know, they're experienced in, you know, being behind in the score line or even not being behind, but even just getting matches tied. So they know that pressure and they're used to that. So we definitely have to to consider that tomorrow. And then, you know, of yeah, course, yeah. in the league play. Yeah. And, you know, you go, you look at kind of their, their feats from last year. Um, Douglas Martinez back in September, he scored four goals, which is tied for the second most goals scored by one player in league history. Um, when Monarchs beat Timbers two, five to one. So, Scoring four goals, it's a, that's a heavy, that's a great feat. Um, an comp- scoring four goals is a great accomplishment by any by any means. And they beat uh, Orange County 6-2, to two, which is the second most combined goals scored by both clubs, uh, a, a total of eight. Yeah, I remember that game too. It was, it was a crazy game. Like... Uh- I think it was one of those things that like everyone was kind of looking forward to that game. And I watched, I think a little bit of it too, because, you know, you're dealing with two teams that were pretty good, you know, Orange County, as we've said before, like they always have a good team, always have a good team. And of course the Royal Monarchs also had the the good team as well too. So I think it was a bit of a shocker on Orange County side, but I mean, nevertheless, you know, like that they managed to beat them six two. So I think that that was something else. So, I mean, that kind of already, I think, alluded to the fact that, you know, they were going to be champions too because you don't just go and beat an Orange County team 6-2, especially in a playoff game. No, and it takes a lot to, to win those matches. I mean, playoff atmosphere is much different than anything else. And for them to to win, not just win, but win by that margin, um, you know, is exceptional. So this is a good test tomorrow for the boys in their last run out before Tulsa on the 7th. And we'll we'll um, preview that match uh, in the upcoming podcast. But I, I'm excited. I think this one you're going to see um, both teams um, testing each other out a little bit. I don't think you're going to see very many goals. You're not going to see six two. You might see two one. Um, you might see one nil. But I don't think you're going to see on this over under four uh, for tomorrow's game. So I think, you know, we haven't done this before because we just, we had other preseason friendly spot. I'm just kind of thinking right now on the spot, but we're actually going to be starting a section where we're going to be talking about um, 
what our uh, predictions are for the next game too, and you know, see if one of us gets it right. So, uh, what's what's your prediction for tomorrow? So I think my prediction tomorrow, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go with Rail scoring first, uh, and the boys coming back. I think Werner's gonna put one in the net, and our guest tonight is gonna hit the game winner. So. I got us, the uh, Republic, winning 2-1 to one tomorrow in the 90-minute match. Oh, cool. So uh, so I got us also going down 1-0 um, and then us tying the game and then them going back up 2-1 and then us tying the game again 2-2, but then also getting the win 3-2. And, and, and you know, those three goals we would score, one of them is actually going to be also our guest tonight scoring one of those three and the other two are going to be from Warner. So I, I picture it almost being a little crazy back-to-back game where we're celebrating, we're kind of disappointed at them scoring, but at the end we get the last celebration. So, so it's going to be like the uh, Everton Arsenal match, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Except so. for Everton did not win and they scored first, yeah. gave up the lead, scored, gave up the lead, gave up, you know, the game. So this will be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting too. And uh, I know I said on other pods that I was going to be only at the game on the 7th, but now I'm actually going to be going to the game tomorrow. I'm still unsure actually if I'm going to go to the game on the 7th now. So we'll see. I'm going to try my best to (laughs) to be able to go to that game. But yeah, I mean, what will be there tomorrow? And if you guys have followed us anywhere on social, you guys have probably seen that we got stickers and we got two different kinds of stickers. So we got stickers. Some of you have told us that, you know, you guys want a sticker and of course, look out for us. We'll save a sticker for you. Um, for everyone else, be sure to, you know, check us out on social media. If you guys aren't following us on social media, we're at Sacktown FC on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, we have a group called, uh, Sacramento Republic FC fans. Um, again, as we mentioned on the other podcast, there's actually two groups under that name. But if you guys um, check out both groups, you know, feel free to join the other group as well. I'm not sure who runs it still. I still need to join that one. But um, we're the group that has the Sacktown FC logo on their group cover. And we're also the group that has, I believe, about 90-something members. I think we were at 91 last time I checked. So... Follow us on all that. We'll let you guys know exactly where we're at so you guys can, you know, get your sticker. And, hey, hopefully you get it soon because we do have limited quantities. Um, But no worries if, you know, we're all out. We'll actually order some more. So, you know, just let us know. Um, I know I'll actually be at Section 113 tomorrow during the game. So you guys could stop by there. And, Jonathan, what section are you going to be in? So I'll be in section 206 and then also near the media area as well, um, kind of getting some insights and, and working um, through our sites to, to give some information to fans who couldn't be at the game. Yeah, awesome. He's also going to be wearing his, uh, his city jersey the num- with the number 25 and Ward. Yep, I will have a Ward 25, the city jersey on. And... Um, yeah, I look forward to meeting you guys and, and being able to talk some uh, soccer and, and enjoy the game. Yeah, and, and I'll be wearing probably the home jersey, one of the home jerseys. I'll have to decide which one. Either that or I'll be probably wearing the city jersey if I'm able to buy it tomorrow, if we have it there on sale. So, yeah, we'll, we'll 
let us know and you know again we'll give you stickers and yeah um also wanted to tell you guys uh, there's something you know i mentioned on every podcast but you guys can leave us reviews you know anywhere you can leave reviews um i know one of those places is apple podcast and we do get a higher uh, listenership on apple podcast so that would be great again that helps us it helps us out so much because you know it helps us be able to appear higher on the soccer podcast list and you know it just helps our podcast be known to all the fans out there too and even people outside of our um, fan groups you know people who also want to hear more about sacramento republic through our podcast too so yeah please and thank you and you know eventually we'll also be reading any reviews that you guys leave too so hey that'll be an extra perk for you guys that we'll be reading your reviews yeah, the hope is to to get some merch here soon, so we'll be able to pass that out to you guys as well. And you know, when we start getting that merch and we get those five star reviews, read them on air and and give some shirts out for for the reviews. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be that'd be awesome too. Um, again, you know, as always, like we do in every podcast, thank you for all the support that everyone's been giving us too, from following us on social media to you know sending us comments on social media to, you know, like even sending us some DMs too um, once in a while there. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, thank you once again, you know, to, to our guest, Vilya and Vijev for being on the podcast, for being the first Sacramento Republic player that we have on the podcast. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And if there's any other player, any staff member, really, you know, if there's anyone else you want to see on our podcast, please let us know. And, you know, we'll try our best to see if they want to be on the podcast. And, yeah, we'll invite him over. Um, and then shout out to uh, Michael W. on Twitter for the uh, feedback that you presented to us this week. We really appreciate it, man. Hope all is well. And, and we'll see you out at the park um, here the next two weekends. All right. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Or I should probably say we'll see you guys today because it's part we'll of see you in a few hours before. or a few minutes. Yeah. Or hey, if you're listening to us on the way there, hey, we'll see you soon. We'll see you once you get there. Safe travels. And yeah, so hope for the best until and tomorrow. hopefully we get a win tomorrow. Yeah. Or today. Well, until, until later this afternoon, uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Come by, say hi. All right. See you guys later. Cheers.